0: Welcome, Dan. Perfect. I'm so stoked you're here. I love you. I've You were the first person I ever saw on TikTok when I first opened my account, and I just immediately, you know, like, I rock with this dude. And we've had this, um, a bit of a bromance the entire time. And I really love that. I cherish that. And I just am stoked to speak to you today. And speaking of that Holy Spirit and the, the conduit that this vessel is and those blockages that do occur, so many of your videos are filmed in this flow, both physical flow, but linguistic flow and just flow of consciousness. You know, seeing these videos of you skating, there is this, this, this flow state that you tune into. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like did you, when did you start filming and skating like that? And what did that unlock for you?
1: Man, that actually did kind of unlock some fun little tricks. Cause I, there's been a def it helps me sort of tie in more stuff because there's been a definite practice of maybe parasympathetic ease and riding like sort of moving meditations to ride faster and go faster and stay in a real estate of ease and there's been the mental work but when i did start doing videos skating fast and speaking at the same time i did unlock a new accomplishment of maximum flow where i could if i was thinking about skateboarding and thinking about what I might hit or what might be coming up around this bend, you know, who knows if there's a car coming up or not. I'm going to make some quick decisions when I get there. I can't think about that and then talk from speak from my heart. And if I'm just trying to think about what I'm going to say, I can't really skate. I'm going to hit something. I'm going to be tense and I'm not going to let it flow. And so I did that one day. I just went kicking down this alley And I think I tried it one time and I I got hung up with some cars coming and I had to go hike back up there again. And I was like, sweating. I was like, okay, let's go. And I went, I was like, let's, I kind of went, or maybe I had to do it twice. And I was kind of pissed. I was like the third time I'm like, okay, let's go for it. And I just kicked in a little too fast, but I was, I wasn't about to walk back up there again a third time. So I was like, let's just roll with it, you know? And I sort of unlocked this achievement of like maximum flow. It was like, I wasn't thinking about skating. I, I wasn't thinking about talking. I was just feeling everything, and then the, the, the feeling of my heart, the message that had to come out had not been translated into words yet, and that's where it always gets fucked up. So mm-hmm. I just let it come out. It's like the utterances of my heart. There's some linguistic mumblings in my throat as these vibrations come out they're not even being checked by my head i'm going too fast on a fucking alley with rocks over it and a car's coming you know i can't do that i it's there's no, no way you know so i just sort of accidentally unlocked it going too fast but at the same time that's how i do all my videos where i when i started making them i had come out of a deep space of of healing and i, I didn't quite know i was as healed as i was maybe mm-hmm. and so i felt this urge to speak, even though I had just been leading this big old meditation circle for like a year and a half and I never spoke. I never taught. I just held space for it and just let everybody be there. And, um, towards the end of that, I was like, man, I really need to speak. And I start, I just started on TikTok, and I was like, well, it's a neutral platform. I'll just speak. I don't really know what I'm saying. I'm whatever, this is coming out. I'm not going to block it. I'm not going to get in the way of that. And then I would just, start I was like well I'm going to try to make a minute long video and I just started making minute long videos and then it just sort of comes out of my heart and I can tell the difference between the head and the heart happening where it's like it always gets fucked up and it's never as well received if I really think it though
0: Oh it's so true um like back to that notion of uh of skating when you are in that that, that peak flow where you're so locked into exactly where you are that you're not Thinking about what could be around the corner. You're already prepared. You know that you're going to respond as best as you can. You're not thinking about what you're about to say because that defeats the purpose of allowing the heart to speak through you. And when that heart takes that center stage and is able to use your voice as its own conduit, understanding emerges on the back of each word, as opposed to trying to figure out what the message is before it's said. It's like, no, the message is the message. It's not something that I think about. It's not something that I have to craft and refine and perfect. It is perfect in and of itself as I allow that flow to come up. And, you know, I've had days on the podcast where like like a week ago, I went to click record and I was doing it by myself and the first two minutes were just like a garbage fire. And often I'm in the habit of just like, fuck that, start over. But this time I I went to go click stop and I went, "Uh, no, let's ride this out. Let's see what comes of this mess. Let's see if we can turn this mess into a message and just kind of sit in that discomfort knowing that I was rambling like a fool for a little while but knowing that if I allowed that expression to continue emerging i'm stretching that fascia of the spirit and that clarity will come through it's like you got a rainwater uh, catchment and you go to release that water the the first stuff that comes out is silty and it's not clear and it's full of crud but then the water runs clear but you have to let it Mm. run for a little while you can't expect it to be clear from the start clarity emerges
1: fully yeah well that's because I think that's our inner self that emerges, that clearest expression of ourselves. And that is the inner peace that everybody's looking for. And that is within all of our fear. So as soon as you drop a layer of fear, you're a little closer to everything. You're a little closer connected. Your inner peace is no longer so bound up. And it's like, as we drop our our shields to everything, as we we heal past things, we drop our fear, we drop our judgments of ourselves, we drop all our stories of ourselves. We feel more connected. We feel enlightened. Well, shit, we're not as heavy. You know what I mean? We're not, and then we have this more of ourselves so deeply connected to everything, and that moves you into that space of oneness, and that moves you into the space of love. It's either bound up in fear and non-expression, or you're in love and your expression. We're expressing.
0: Mm, and on that notion of fear as well, you know, describe to me a little bit of, how you related to fear in that healing journey yourself because I, I saw this uh, a video that you might have posted today or yesterday talking about how you didn't quite realize how healed you were you know because of that, mm-hmm. that 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 ongoing narrative and i was speaking to a friend on the phone the other day and he said something really profound it's like healing occurs when the narrative changes
1: hmm yeah yeah truly well we're always in a moment so, that narrative all goes outward from the moment into past and future. It doesn't really matter how we think linear time is happening. We're always in we're always just in the moment, you know? So, that fear just goes everywhere. It's like, okay, well, that's my story of fear. And as soon as you go, oh, fuck it, I'm going to drop this. I'm here in this moment. Well, there you are in that moment. Where'd that fear go? Well, you dropped it. It's in the past. Okay, good. Is your future scary? No, we you dropped your fear. You're right there in the moment. So, now I forgot my question, Cameron. You had said, um,
0: like that that process how are you related to fear in that healing journey and you know the tools that you use because you know yeah. people say i know that acceptance and surrender are good but i don't know how to accept and surrender there's still resistance to the acceptance so how how can we describe it in a way that actually empowers people to use these things as the practical tools that they are
1: yeah yeah so for me as i had maybe moved past my, as I came into that, I was making that video you saw today, it was of the spring, as you move into maybe a spring of your healing journey, um, where you, that's sort of a place of moving past fear of like, okay, well, I'm kind of ready to go. The garden has been planted and it's growing up and that's sort of that stretching and, and moving past fear. And for maybe for me in the springtime of my journey, and it's funny cause it's the exact same story I referenced earlier, um, of going to teach where I hadn't been teaching. Now, I could have been teaching probably for the last year with a a large audience of people every day, you know what I mean? With like a group of like 30 people in person every day, you know? And it could have been like the same messages of TikTok. And occasionally they would slip out sort of like, hey, I got a little message for you, what can I share? And, you know, it was like I wasn't fully empowered in it. I didn't allow myself to maybe push past my fear and to really let myself fully express now as I do now. And it's funny where to grow past that, I realized I felt this urge to speak, this need to speak, but maybe I still had fear within the community kind of thing. So then I went to TikTok and just did it on TikTok. You know, like find a way past your fear. <laughs> work around it if you got it. You know, it's flow. You don't have to, you don't have to like whack it directly. Just work around it and figure it out, you know? So that was that that same space for me of coming out of the spring and and I, I want to mention as as Ron here and uh, thanks for having me on camera gosh I love it yeah we just jumped right in there and went how I don't even know how long we've been going but who cares, but yeah I same with you man when I I saw your videos and I was like what I was like this okay this guy gets it he understands on this like much different level and I loved it so every every one of your videos I'm always like oh yeah yeah I love it you know. So thanks for having me on camera, but uh, Man, but, uh thanks for I being here. It.
0: Thanks for being here because it's it's a strange game, right? It's a strange um landscape that we find ourselves in and you know it similar to you, I kinda just had this um this fuck it mentality of I like, will right, well, uh oh let me let me go and express. I have something to say. I don't know what it is yet, but I have this something that wants to mm-hmm. to communicate itself, to express itself through me but I still had the fear. I wasn't going to go and do it on Instagram because my friends were there. What are they going to think? I was too afraid of what they would think because, you know, there's a strange thing that happens where um, you feel like judgment for trying, but then if the trying is successful, then you're praised. But like, why don't we praise the people that are trying, you know, like anybody Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. trying, I just, I give you my fullest warmth, my fullest hope And I hold the vision of your success in my mind because that makes it inevitable. That intention invokes it into being. And, you know, this is just a side tangent, something that I've been practicing when it comes to people that you love in your life that don't yet have that, um, the different degree of perception that allows them to see that things could be more than what they are. You know, that yeah. suffering traps people in that limited degree of perception of, no, this is how the world works. And it's just this this fear-based mm-hmm. position of, well, no, I can't, I don't, I won't even entertain what could be beyond that. Because in order to do that, I have to confront all of these truths that have been protecting me for so long, these patterns that have been protecting yep. me. And we have to be that, willing to look e- back and say, what are you? Where did you come from? What could be after? Yeah.
1: And that's, that's exactly the ego death. You know that we this thing we talk, oh, am I, am I, I have to die to my ego. Well, if you break it down emotionally, there's basically just fear in love. You know, am I defending or am I accepting? Am I surrendering to this and accepting? And as the as life is just an infinite paradox and this like you know dual dualistic non-dualism, everything is one, but we perceive it as dualism, and the dual duality of perception is the exact original sin of separation, and then we are separate. Within our oneness, you know, all that shit. Anyway, you get all that. Um, <laughs> no, you got me. I got myself all running. And we get into this fear or love. You know, we get into one side of it is fear and one side of it is love. And as we accept it, the fear vanishes. You know, that's like the G- Jesus and perfect love casts out all fear. Where as we accept it, we change the reality into love. And all the things that we were scared of kind of move out of our reality. Are no longer being things that are scaring us and they dis- they're disempowered and they get more and more minimized as we move into acceptance. And that's that, you know, to, to, to you don't know, hit another Jesus teaching, but blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth." And as we move into that kindness and acceptance and say, oh, this is me creating all this fear as I create everything in my existence, good and bad, through my observation into the reality that it is on this quantum realm, I realize it's me. So I will accept these things that are scary and these fears in my life and realize that I am creating the blockage to oneness. I'm the one that's creating this wall of the onion of humanity it's just fear as soon as you drop that you drop the weight you become a little enlightened you move into a space of love acceptance you move into inner peace oh voila it was there the whole time just inside of layers and layers of our own fear mhm it's like that inner peace was
0: the backdrop of reality the whole time it was the interlude between mm-hmm. the constant monologue of fear it was there waiting for us to see it to realize it to actualize in it and you know peace being this this really dynamic state just like balance we think about balance as okay well if i arrange the house of cards perfectly then i'll have no problems but balance is a violent process you know we look at the balance Mm. of the cosmos and the destruction of stars and the constant emergence of life only to decay and feed more life balance is death balances life. Peace is the dynamic vessel that allows us to move through that constant flux of life and death and maintain our position among it all, as it all, with all of it. Peace is this thing that is practiced, and it's a practiced neutrality, but not out of apathy, out of harmony. You know, it's not shooting the second arrow. It's getting stung once in a while and going, okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and like that's life, though. I mean, I'm, that's the thing. It's like that life is the variables. Life is the tension. Like you wouldn't experience it without the tension. And I think that's the balance you speak of is the tension, is the violence of it. And with our own maybe personal, everything's constantly violently being balanced magnetically. You ever mm-hmm. try to mess with a magnet and force strong magnets together it's this violent thing you're like i can't force that together and when they do go together they're like whack you like motherfucker i'm stuck you know you're like okay chill out magnet's a little violent there you know that's what everything is on this atomic level it's like like atoms jacking over here whack oh there's a molecule you know you know and it's based in this instant perception of these subatomic particles through us manifesting everything it's violent as fuck. that's <laughs> yeah. the experience the whole thing is motion the whole thing is change and it's mm-hmm. violent if you're trying to balance it and you're not in harmony with it because balance is mm-hmm. always pushing against balance is the violence of no i don't want it that way no i don't want it this way good good and instead of more flow state where you just are kind of skipping over the top of it i'm not mm-hmm. balancing on my skateboard when i'm ripping down an alley you can't i mean you are balancing but it's this constant state of feeling you're not really balancing on a skateboard you're just riding down the alley mm. it's not a thing of skating it's just you are you're being the thing if you become different than the skateboard and you hit a rock you're very prone to jump off the skateboard and if you're going at high speeds, like fuck, you're fucked. but if you just stay stuck on the skateboard and you're in harmony with the whole thing the rocks are just there and you kind of flop over them and no big deal
0: that harmony of being within those opposing forces as well you have the motion that is carrying you through and then you have the force of gravity and the life really is this thing that defies gravity it says oh uh-uh. i'm gonna learn to walk then i'm gonna learn to run and one day the gravity will bring me down for the last time and i will settle back into the earth but until then it's going to strengthen me because That is the only thing that I will resist is gravity itself and through that resistance I gain strength to go through the other things that I'm confronted with, these other cosmic forces at play, things that are seen and unseen just moving through me and dissipating and just emerging into existence, this constant just stream of reality, the sheer presence of existence in this very moment. So to be at peace with it all is to recognize that change is peace and peace is change, it's not being where you were and wishing that were different, it's not controlling where you're going to go and hoping that that is going to work out perfectly, it just is where you are. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we come across the notion of, you know, faith and how that influences our perspective and thus our reality, because things change depending on where you're standing when you're looking at them. And faith does kind of like have this overlay to reality that allows us in those dark, hurtful moments to go, this is perfect.
1: Yeah. I think the faith element that we perceive of is a very conscious upper consciousness, active brainwave kind of thing. And and the rest of our manifestation of everything is more of the subconscious of that somatic arena of how we feel about everything. And because to create anything consciously within our life, to have faith and to bring it about, what do we have to do? Create a feeling state of it. Oh, we have to feel ourselves into the thing. And that comes from a disciplined thinking state. So we're effectively what we're doing is this, you know, 10 ten nine like 90-10 split of those brain waves where we really only have about a 10% bandwidth of access to our conscious thoughts, over all the other brain waves, about 90% of subconscious. And so I figure all those subconscious brain waves are just our feelings running around. That's our, our subconscious programming, just how everything is a subconscious program. If you get a burn once in your life and you burn yourself into some fire, oh now anytime you smell fire, you're like, oh danger. Anytime you you see fire, oh danger. Anytime you feel the heat, oop, danger, you just yank away re- uh, immediately, you know, your sympathetic nervous system picks it up, your vagal response kicks off, no danger before you even think about it. Most of our processes are completely subconscious, I mean, we drive to work all the time, how did I get here? Like, what the fuck? And I just drove across town, like, where, I don't even remember that. You know, you're operating a motorized vehicle completely unconsciously and thinking about backing off or something. Nobody even knows what you're driving across town. You don't think you're doing all sorts of stuff subconsciously. And all of our feelings, all of these programmed in of feelings from, you know, before the age of five, we have the most of our majority set uh, sets of emotions programmed in how we kind of feel about life very early on. And then everything else gets colored through those lenses of understanding as we go through the world. So did it hurt at five? Well, you never learned to unhurt. Well, guess what? It hurts at 10 and it hurts mm-hmm. at 15 and it hurts at 45. You never mm-hmm. learn to unhurt. Mm-hmm. And I think the unhurting is to peel off the layers of fear to say, oh, I will put this down. I will learn to feel through this and to equalize my nervous system so I can be in the moment and feel the damn Holy Spirit for once.
0: Feel the damn Holy Spirit for once in my goddamn life. <laughs>
1: Instead of this jumpy-ass experience, you know, you go to church and you sing and dance, I feel a Holy Spirit tingling. You go outside, and you get a donut, you fuck your nervous system sideways, and you're at Applebee's bitching at a waiter. Like, you can do this more consistently, people. Spiritualities, you don't have to do it on a mm-hmm. jump I, daily, dude. God.
0: You can do it. Yeah, you're right, though. Like, doing it more consistently. These are repeatable processes with repeatable you know, outcomes, repeatable connections. And... <clears throat> that you know we have that people have transcendent experiences and then they spend their whole life searching for it looking 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 but it also comes from a state of doing from a state of being from a state of continuing to participate and engage in this reality in a way that opens you up to more of that and i think a really fundamental part of that is play and it's something that i just see and feel from you is the play because how do we how do we go back to that 5 year old that's had his emotions condense and consolidated and mapped out for his path of reality. We go right? back to play. We activate that child. We bring him to the surf and we say, hey, you have a place here. And it's right where we are. I know I'm not just my age right now. I'm every age that I've ever been. And play brings that child to the surface so that I can help that child unlearn and teach that child how to reintegrate with this reality in a way that really makes them feel heard seen validated alive like maybe they never were before
1: yeah that it's funny because it all goes back to that expression when you get mm. somebody like well fed and fucked and everything's calm they're going to express they're going to be kind of dancing around they're going to really be enjoying themselves they're going to be moving that it, it just happens naturally it's this in that's that inner peace is actually this expression that comes bursting out when you break out down all the fear you know, and so play is part of that, and that childlike state is modeled throughout all of spirituality, you know, let the little children come unto me, they're closer to the father than you are. You know, he's probably talking about all the kids under three, they're all jacked up on DMT. He's like, yeah, they're closer to the father than you are. Trust me, they're in spirit land, you know? At like, you know, I was, I was thinking about Jesus was like, let the little kids alone, they are they understand what's going on. <laughs> they're so one true. oneness right here, they're not fucked up yet. And so, and you have all of these other, any other spiritual sages and teachers always having this very fun, playful, don't take it seriously attitude. They do that, and all the Zen masters, you know, whack you in the st- with the head with the stick and you uh, really fuck with you. They do that because they understand that it is an illusion. None of it's real. We're just dancing through this little meat suit dance, and we're creating the whole thing. So, if you can disassociate with the whole thing, you get to create the whole thing meaningfully. Mm-hmm. You don't create from an unconscious perspective. You have to break mm-hmm. all of your associations with everything. That's why you get whacked in the stick by the Zen masters.
0: Yeah, you're told to meditate, I'm meditating, you're taking it too seriously.
1: Yeah, what are you doing, like, you fucking idiot, you're not meditating, you're here, you know? And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, ah, you took, you thought it was real, didn't you? I mean, I, 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 everything that you create right here, immediately in this moment, it's not real unless you make it real, how are you creating,
0: wow. mm. you know? And that, that, you know, I I know that when I've been taking myself too seriously, taking what I do too seriously, taking life too seriously, I'm slipping back into the matrix, man. I'm getting bundled up back into those conformative systems. And play is a way to just throw off those chains. And, you know, you're dancing in the face of absurdity saying, I see you, I feel you, I am you. This is all absurd. So I'm going to play. Uh totally
1: yeah i my my game on that was i sort of accidentally discovered it i was out just i liked riding you know i like riding i like going fast and i was out riding a one wheel around and i ended up starting that meditation circle which was a group of really fun hippies and it was in COVID, and nobody didn't have anything nobody had anything to do so people were like bringing hula hoops out to play you know it was like we were just doing anything we could to like like do something you know so we'd be out in the, at the beach like hula hooping and just being idiots or just playing literally we're like well let's go play there's literally nothing to do and where everyone's going crazy and uh, we got in this really fun group and we were there was a group of us that were skating a lot and we everybody kind of got back to these really playful activities and so that got me in a really good groove. i was already pretty active and playing i had, had a um, part of my routine maybe of life living was anything my kids ever wanted to do, especially when they were little, if they wanted to play tag, they wanted to play on the playground thing, they wanted to get in the pool. I, I, I kind of committed, okay, anything they want to do, I'm just going to do it. And no matter how sweaty I get or how muddy I get, or like, I'm just going to go for it and make it like a discipline. Of course, it was great. And, and uh, always playing. So I had, I did had practice at playing, you know, it always has been playful. But I got in the the practice of play doing it like it was a a yoga practice. Like, oh, I will be out there skating on purpose a few days a week. You know, I will be riding the bike every time I can. I, like, do not take the car if I can. You know, I'll be on the bike just to be out there moving. And I find that keeping a little bit of movement and play in my life on just a daily basis oh man it keeps everything so loose and free and making decisions about stuff you're just like okay cool move this here move that there and your body feels nice and loose everything feels better everything feels better when you when you remember to play a bit and i would i would recommend find something that pushes you a bit don't you don't have to do something boring going to the Mm -hmm. gym doesn't mean play you know what i mean like go mm-hmm. do something fun and it doesn't even have to be an organized sport. Like think outside the box, you know, go rock climbing, you know, get in a canoe or a, pa- a kayak or something like that. Go to a Braz- Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym, go to a boxing gym. There's all kinds of really fun exercises that happen. Go to a, like a, 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 like a dance gym, like a strip gym, you know what I mean? Like they got the stripper poles. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a guy or a girl, go do something different and play like mix it up a little bit, go back to your childhood of where you're like, damn it. I really wanted I really wanted that shiny ass Chrome BMX. Go buy the dumb BMX. You know, you're 40. Now you can afford it. You know, just get the bike, go ride around and face those fears and just go do it. And here's, what's funny. I've been doing that for years. I'm 44 or something like that. I'm always at the skate park. The kids are like, Oh, there goes. Daniel, you know, he's thrashing about trying not to die. And, uh, it, when I first started doing it, it was awkward. But it was like whatever. As soon as you like get over that initial so awkward, it was like nobody cares. You're the only mm-hmm. one watching. It's literally the only one that cares. Everybody else is like, if you're if you're oh, you know, of skate park age and you're trying to get in the skate park, you're of whatever age it is you're trying to get into, nobody cares except for you. You're the only one holding you back. And if you do try to do something and you do something cool, everyone that's around is like, Oh, that was cool for an old guy. That was rad, dude. <laughs> they like they're stoked on it, you know. <laughs> So
0: it's like, Dude, just that play is contagious, right? When you see somebody having fun, like just this yeah. unmitigated, unfiltered, raw expression of joy and presence, you—those are the people that you look at them and you go, "Well, why are they having so much fun?" And I, I seem to be oh. in so much stress and turmoil and bullshit. Do they not know the taxes are a thing? It's like, yeah, they do, but
1: they're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> They, they, acknowledge, they fully acknowledge taxes are here and they fully acknowledge that they can also have fun here. They're like, whatever, you know, or maybe they're, you know, they realize they're making the whole thing up and they're creating their own reality intentionally. That's a little higher level, you know, but it's like people, it's like you can have you can be so happy and sad at the same time. You're allowed to mm-hmm. hold both an infinite mm-hmm. being, you know, it's like mm-hmm. just because grief in your life doesn't mean that there's not a beautiful sunset, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Both of those at the same time. You're allowed to be happy even in the midst of grief. Mm. You know, also you're this infinite being that can do whatever. We just get all stuck on traditions and peer pressure from dead people and stuff like that. You get to choose, you're you're the own creator of your own life. You're literally making it all up from the get-go. This is how bad you're making it up, right? From the quantum arena, right? The latest Nobel Peace Prize or whatever was that. theoretically proven that nothing is in existence until you observe it. It doesn't even exist. It's not even there until you're observing it. Like what's behind you? Oh, it wasn't there until you started thinking about it, but now it's there, you know, some whack ass thing like that. And then we have our, everything's in our unconscious, right? Our, Our subconscious, we have our unconscious bias. You get 11 million bits of data from all your sensory input at any given second, 11 million bits. And then you can process 40 to 60 bits of data at any given second. You get like 50 bits of processing per 11 million bits of data. That's why we always jump to our immediate protection mechanisms of our unconscious bias. Oh, I know exactly how this is going to go. It's this way. And so we continue to unconsciously create everything to be exactly the same way instead of grabbing a hold of our reality. It gets even worse. Then you got your reticular activation system, which is of all of the things you're looking at, you're going to pick out the thing that you know, you're going to look towards danger. You're going to find the thing where it's like, if you're thinking about a red Corvette, you're always going to be able to see a red Corvette. If you're thinking about something else, you're always going to pick that up. So out of all of the infinite information that's out there, we pick out the danger because it's the thing we know because it's what we continue to create because we don't stop ourselves and figure out why we're so damn scared about life and why we're not creating it exactly the way that we want to create it. We just continue mm. in the loop until we stop ourselves and the pain points are the points that you look towards. You go, oh, that's where I'm stopping myself. That's where it hurts. You don't look towards somebody else and say, why are you doing this to me? You say, why am I doing this in my own damn reality? Why am I blocking myself?
0: Why am I doing this to me? That is the question. Like, why would you do that to me? Why are you doing oh, it so to why- yourself? Why am I doing it to myself?
1: Why did I create this? Why did I draw myself into this? Why do I keep this perpetual cycle of arguing or violence going? Why did Mm. I make this thing up in the first place if I'm creating my entire existence? Mm -hmm. What have I done to separate myself from the whole thing and all my judgment? To say, ah, this is right and this is wrong and this is who I am as a person. And immediately, you know, we eat the proverbial apple and we know right from wrong and we're separated from bliss. Out of the garden. Fucked up. And not simply just from our own perspective of what's right, and what's wrong. And it feels differently than that because your heart's speaking to you first before your dumb head. Your heart always knows first. The head's the ego that's trying to talk you out of it, and that's all that fear. Those are all those little lenses of pain from our past stories. And we don't follow our heart, and until we learn to move past that story, we can't find that peace of the heart, and we can't express until we move past that fear, and we drop those walls, you know? Mm. then
0: the barriers dissolve and consciousness gets to make direct contact with reality Mm. you know that all of those filters though so many filters upon filters upon filters that are restricting that those 11 million bits down to 50 you know widen the aperture, (coughs) widen the aperture of that awareness and we can do that by dropping any notion of knowing any idea that we know what it is that we're seeing, any belief that because we have the words to describe what something is that we understand what it is we are describing. No, there is an infinite complexity to everything that emerges in awareness, and we take it at face value. We say, that's Palo Santo, that's a cup, that's water. All of those are infinitely complex. Anything that is simple can only be so due to its infinite complexity. And when you take away the notion that you know, You get granted with this raw presence of being, this oneness, this perpetual stream of everything occurring in moment to moment to moment. And then you get to snip, snip, snip the threads of continuity, snip the narrative, and you are just greeted with all of that information as opposed to what you think that information to be. Because our entire experience of reality is really our experience of our relationship what emerges in reality when we get to change the relationship that's when the magic happens when the story changes and we can reflect and we see a totally different picture one of strength and courage and resilience and growth rather than pain and trauma and heartbreak and grief we get to shift the lens it doesn't change what happened it changes how we relate to what happened and that changes where we are right now and then that changes where we'll walk into
1: I love the way is how it changes how we relate you know it truly changes on that nervous system level how we relate to trauma because as we experience that old pain and it goes into this subconscious arena and it's just held in some dissonance like we were talking about earlier the the fascia you know the the spirit the the sub what do you call it the spirit of the um fascia of the spirit the fascia of the spirit you know it's like this bound up feeling sense that we get stuck in you know just like that the neurology gets stuck in the fashion you know these feeling states and we just get locked in it until we kind of stretch ourselves out to move ourselves out however that looks whatever the practice mm-hmm. is the stretching and the the growth is
0: mm-hmm. and it's got to be like like discomfort can be so enlightening and so fun. We can be uncomfortable and have fun. We can be uncomfortable and love. We can be in grief in that discomfort and still see joy. We contain multitudes. We are infinite. And when we get stuck in the stories of of how things are going, like, I think it's really important that people develop the capacity to recognize when there is a story being played. I've woken up and I've greeted a guest of anger. There's an angry guest in my house. There's an anxious guest in my house but I'm not going to let that guest tell me why they're here. The, the guest will say, yeah. you're anxious yeah. because things aren't working, because your relationship is not functioning, because you don't know what you're doing with your life. You're anxious because you're behind in your bills. You're anxious because of all of these things. But when we take a pause for a moment and allow things to settle a little bit, that space, that space of inner peace the ego gets to see itself reflected back at itself and in that reflection it sees a story in that reflection it sees that this is just one way of looking at things and then when you say okay i accept this feeling i accept that you're here i accept that you have no intrinsic relationship to anything that i'm thinking about right now those thoughts are just a manifestation of energy that are influenced by the biochemistry of this vessel and if i change how i feel I can change the foundation of those thoughts, and when I think differently, I see differently. And we go back to play, we go back to stillness, we go back to movement, we go back to expressing ourselves for the sake of itself, so that the universe can discover the parts of itself that have yet to be said, yet to be brought into existence.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that and, and a couple of elements are one of maybe sitting with those emotions or we're kind of tapping on that of being with the thing not attaching a story to it so ah here is anger or here is frustration I'm not going to say oh I'm frustrated at that or anger at this or that because that's that unconscious bias you're immediately jumping out oh well this or this or this and that's anxiety oh it's this oh possibly this or maybe they're doing it this way those are all based in our feelings all of our thoughts are completely filtered through all of our feelings first. Like, to how you feel about it, your neurology, whatever your, the spirit, the fascia of your spirit is, all your feelings are just that state held in that unconscious bias. And so we continually, until we learn to hold those feelings, until we learn to maybe sit in those feelings and to let them move through instead of creating a meaning for them to jump out into that unconscious bias and create more of the same chaos to then bring on more of the feelings and to validate our the creation that we just did. You know, we go into the feeling and we say, oh, I'm going to feel through this. I'm going to allow this feeling to pass through. And there's actually a couple there's a neurological changeover that happens here. As we open into the distress of the feelings, we feel in the ugh of it. That's the cortisol of it. And cortisol opens up neuroplasticity like, oh, it's about as good as psilocybin does. And so the more you feel into that feeling and you say, no, this is not the story that I think it is. This serves me like a fucking ice bath. You know, you get in there and you feel it through, you let it work through your nervous system. You say, no. I will not create a story out of this. This is just an electrochemical sensation in my body. I will just allow this to feel through. And I'm free of this. Give it about 90 seconds, create a new feeling state of who you are. No, this is who I am as a person. And it literally changes your nervous system over you get this little boost of open neuroplasticity there by sitting with your pain and you can create a new feeling structure every single time you feel it like that every single time you put it down on someone else and you carry the bitterness you carry more of the bitterness you do more neuron bonding into your bullshit. you'll break down at about 40 or so don't worry
0: and i love this because you become the architect of your own inner landscape and that inner landscape that gives you the tools to go then be a frontiersman of your own reality because nobody can map out reality for you they will try and they will give you these this is how reality is but anything that tells you what reality is is another thing that you've been handed it's another shell that has been put around you that rather than something that is fit to your figure fit to your energetic prototype fit to you and when we sit with that sensation and we let go of the resistance and we instead go deep into that feeling, going, hello you, what is there? What's going on here? And we bring that curiosity in. We find that beyond that layer of resistance, there's actually a limited degree of extra sensation. We are so afraid of what could be beyond that resistance that we then just amplify our own feeling back at us. That resistance is this mirror and it it amplifies the resonance of those those, those vibes. Whereas we look over the resistance and we are allowed to float through and we find that beyond that wall, there's nothing much there.
1: Yeah. It's always just our own fear. Because it's always backwards. You know, the wall we're carrying, we are carrying the wall. The wall is just hiding us from oneness. And it's, it's, that's the pain of it. (laughs) Us carrying the thing is the weight of it. You know, it's not even a, a thing of fear anymore. These old... These old stories that we hold, you know, and that's going back into this, you know, that maybe the ideas that get handed us, the the stories that get given us, these realities that get handed us. When every like reality is whatever you make of it, like literally from this atomic level, and so we, we carry these things of fear generationally as well, you know. This like neurologically comes down in our genetics, you know, this family of origins. Here's, mm-hmm. here's an intro when it comes to fear and love and oneness. I see this this trend of seven in generational stuff, in, in, in um, you know, gener- generational curses within different things of spirituality. It seems to be, oh, seven years, it stays in your family line, kind of thing like that, you know? But if you look at that seven degrees of separation genetically, we, there, you can't get more than seven degrees split before you're touched everybody genetically. And as these genetic traumas move through, you touch all of the world's pain in about seven generations, and the more you maybe ease into the the lessening of your ego and demand and what this reality is, and as you feel deeper into people and into past and into other, you feel deeper into the pain of the world in a way, in a deep sense, mm-hmm. you know? And it's almost that maybe taking on the weight of the, where the sins of the world that Jesus moved to, move into this acceptance of, oh, all of this pain is nothing but just an experience. this bigger thing. All of this Mm -hmm. is the experience of humanity, all of the tension here, all of these generations of it. And as it becomes more into our moment, our crystalline presence of meat suit in our genetics and our reality, which feels very real, you know, you poke me, I shall bleed kind of thing. That feels very real. But as you maybe unaccept that, and you move into oneness, oh, this isn't actually real, but it just is a very real illusion it becomes more and more of that oneness. It kind of works backwards out into everything else. Oh, none of this is real, and you're outside of the illusion of it in a way. You know, you're just in that space with it. Mm,
0: because we have that, uh, you know, the entire Western civilization, Western culture has that that separation healing to do. We look at all of these, you know, the, the Eastern philosophies, Eastern practices, and they began as one. Their children were taught this starts as one. We begin as non-duality, and then, you know, duality is kind of baked into this plane of existence, this this dimension of experience, and it's a process of integration. To be able to see and feel on an experiential, foundational level that oneness and unity and non-duality is doesn't extract you from the necessities of uh separation because that is the that's that's what allows us to even see the non-duality in the first place is the fact that we come <laughs> from that position of duality like it is a contract yeah. of, co- of of opposites a contract of contrast that we are yeah, kind of bound that's the balance hmm
1: yeah that is that is the balance it is a contrast and without the contrast we wouldn't have the human experience we would just be in oneness <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the contrast is, but the contrast is our ego our contrast is thinking that it's real. We knock ourselves out of oneness. Oh, I know right from wrong. I am separate. I am in I know I have shame now, I'm naked. Mm-hmm. I ate the apple. You separate God. from one. The contrast that we create is the very thing that separates us from the wholeness. We create all of that pain, all of that dissonance of life. And the ego says, No, I'm not. Mm, but scientifically, yeah, you fucking are sorry
0: (laughs) yeah you are
1: (laughs) it sucks huh (laughs) welcome to you kids
0: and it's a joy man it's a it is a joy to have those barriers dissolved and you're greeted with this this raw presence of infiniteness that was so much more than your ego could have possibly comprehended and then, of course, you yeah. have those transcendental experiences, those transcendent experiences. And the ego goes, I'll take that. I'm enlightened. I have awoken. Yeah. I have woken up. I am. Tra- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to five ascension. I-
1: yeah. Anytime I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Or I, I honestly, I'll have like, maybe like some Kundalini burst. Sometimes I'll like go into this deep layer of forgiveness. I let something go and I'm like, Oh, I'm having like a little spiritual orgasm every now and then you're just having a moment, you know, I, I really, oh shit happening like that. Yeah, and sometimes I'll get in this moment where I'm like, Oh yeah, I was like, man, this is probably my last re- my last go around of the karmic wheel. You know, I'm probably going to ascend pretty soon. <laughs> I'm done. And then I'm like, yeah, right. You son of a bitch. Look at you go, you dick. You're already ascended. You're the whole thing. Look at you grinding yourself into this human experience more into this illusion to say, Oh, I'm here. I'm not that, but I am this. I'm still more separate. Like, fuck you. You'll be around for a few more rounds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last go around of the karmic wheel. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see myself my thinking anything, I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, go get out of here you know and then anytime you see somebody out there on the internet that's like talking like that i'm like oh sweet jesus run quick don't drink the punch don't buy the shoes like no 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 no.
0: so tempting <laughs> it's so tempting though right because anybody that speaks with authority like i've spoken to the Star Seeds and their um realm of 13 <laughs> ascended masters have told me that i am here to do mm-hmm. this work it's like shit they that person said that with such confidence that is the allure, someone that knows. And it's just another repeating like you, know
1: you know where that beautiful confidence of the starseeds comes from? Do you know the history of that? It's the mm. Aryan nation. It's the Aryan oh. fucking nation. Hitlers and the Nazis and all the white, the white Aryan nation. That's why all the original starseed, it's like blonde hair, blue eyes, angelic creatures, it's fucking from Aryan Nation roots. I hate it. And their whole they're all mystical, and they had all their stuff about their distant planet, and they were trying to interdimensionally beam stuff. Those Nazis were up to some crazy shit. And all of the original then it got twisted up with new age spirituality. So all that starseed stuff within marriage spirituality, even though it's cute. It's still well within the illusion and Hitler loved it too.
0: <laughs> so Hitler was a starseed. Is that what we're, that's the
1: conclusion? Look the in the original roots. It just got intermingled with spirituality, like like Western New Age spirituality, but all the original roots, it's all about like, the, that's what the Aryan nation was into. They were just, they were the star seed. They The starseeds had come to upgrade the Aryan nation's DNA and the Nazis were going to kill everyone else off to help. It's all out. It's, it's fucked. There's so many. Wow out there it's i hate it Uh, and things
0: are so intermingled it's like this uh, this amalgamated blob of flesh where we take a little bit from every single thing and then put it into together with like something new this novel creation this novel idea of of transcendence (laughs) and spirituality and divinity that is just another flavor of the same stuff over and over and over again
1: yeah get it popular with 10 percent of the population and give it 300 years and you have an established religion anything Mm -hmm. that any, anything that somebody says, this is why all the time I'm like, don't you guys fucking believe anything I'm saying? This is all my ego. This mm-hmm. is literally just Daniel making shit up. No matter mm-hmm. what comes out of my mouth, it doesn't even matter. Cause you're going to perceive it the way you perceive it anyways. So don't fucking write it down and try to say anything that I'm saying is real. That's the opposite of the exercise. This isn't fucking real. All of my ego, if you think that I mean something by any of these words and that I want you to change in any way, you think that I'm not accepting you and perfectly forgiving you in every single moment of your existence, like that's on you. I'm not creating that. Like no, this is real. It doesn't mean anything.
0: I will say that your words do mean something though because people connect and people express and people get to tune into something more than what they thought they were before and that is... I'm not gonna say a duty or a responsibility, it just is as you are. And you being this this exposed nerve, you get to be a conduit for that loving acceptance and this forgiveness and this unconditional state of being that everybody can tune into. And what you're doing here when you say that is beautiful because I think it was, um, not Jack Lee, Bruce Lee said, the best teacher is the one that protects you from their own influence. And that is what mm-hmm. we want. We want to give people the guide, not the gospel. Here's a truth, but it's really yeah. only just a guidepost saying, walk that way and see what happens.
1: When everybody's truth is nothing but their own made-up perception, how am I going to fucking guide them except for to point them into their own heart, to teach mm-hmm. them to drop their fears to be free? Like, Here's if I'm the telling them, that right, that's it. It's all the, all the, in all the words, what I mean by the words don't mean anything. They're just linguistic utterances of my heart. Now, would the message from my heart mean something? That means I love you. That means you're okay. That means it's all an illusion and you're making it all up and everything's fine. And take a deep breath and I really love you and you're totally forgiven for everything." That's what this is coming out. I just say it in a bunch of mumbly ass different ways. It doesn't matter how I say it. Everybody takes it however they want it anyway. That's what perception does for you. So all what I, well this is just wind nothingness. Yeah, this is important. All the message in my heart, but the rest of the this is nonsense. If you ask me, it's just coffee field uh, mumbling.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we resonate. We resonate, Daniel. We feel it. We feel the the message from the heart, right? Like the words are just packages for the Believe. the energy of what's going on in there, and that's what we connect to. The words are are secondary to it all, but the energy that's spoken, that's what we feel that's what we see it's what makes it real and makes it impactful and makes it a a worthy experience a really worthy experience um i gotta wrap it up i gotta go to a meeting um dude i'm so stoked to have had you on i can't wait to do this again i really do yeah we gotta do i love you
1: yeah man hey and come on uh, come follow all the all the accounts on my side everybody we got just daniel Tayak everywhere get on any of my accounts on any of the Daniel Tark accounts and just look for the link tree or whatever the link is and we'll have all my other accounts. So Insta and TikTok and YouTube and podcasts and you guys will figure it out. Love y'all. Cameron. Uh, Yeah.
0: Thanks brother. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I will post all your shit in that bio, get it hot, get it ready. And then we'll do a uh, collaborative post and see if we can just funnel some of them bitches over to you.
1: Love it, yeah. And give me the, um, whenever they're recording and things like that, I'll check that yeah. out. I'll get some bliss. That was good, hanging, man. Love yeah. you, brother. Love you too, man.
0: Peace. See ya.